Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh from the podcast team at Qalam. We wanted to wish you a very blessed Ramadan. This month you can expect daily uploads that will include reflections, khatiras and khutbas all from our new campus Alhamdulillah. If you benefit from this content, please give generously at supportqalam.com. 100% of your donations goes towards the means of providing accessible Islamic knowledge to people around the world. Jazakumullah khairan for listening. At many of the verses in the Quran in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about the concept and the idea of an nur, light and illumination. Today, inshallah, we're going to look at surah number 39, surah Al Zumar, ayah number 22. And we'll also look at the beginning of ayah number 23 as well. But the main ayah is ayah number 22, surah number 39, ayah 22, in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks to us about what is that process of acquiring the light. And as we've talked about over the course of the, these you know, sessions that we've had, that this nur, this light, this illumination that Allah speaks about in the Qur'an is more often than not being used figuratively to speak about the light of faith, the illumination that a person achieves and acquires through belief in Allah. So, to, in this particular ayah, what we're going to look at is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala telling us, how do you bring that light of faith and iman and belief into your heart and allow it to transform you? But what is that process? Because a lot of times we take that process for granted. We don't really quite grasp what it is asking of us what it is demanding of us. So in this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala poses a question, a rhetorical question. أَفَمَنْ شَرَحَ اللَّهُ صَدْرَهُ Islam. That the person whom Allah has opened, expanded their chest for Islam, to submit to Him, to be able to devote themselves to Him. فَهُوَ عَلَى نُورٍ مِّن رَبِّهِ and then as a consequence of that opening and that accepting of submission and devotion to Allah, once that occurs, then the person finds themselves upon a light from their Lord. So this is telling us that this is, at the very minimum, this is a two-step process. That there are two elements here. That the later element, the one that we've been speaking about, the one that we are familiar with, the one that we are seeking, is that we are able to achieve iman, faith, belief, and we are able to acquire that internal light, that illumination, that guides us along our way. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that's actually the second part of it. There's something that comes before that. And what comes before that is that you have to be willing to humble yourself. You have to be willing to submit yourself. You have to be willing to, at the very least, in intention, in theory, in concept, in idea, be willing to submit yourself, devote yourself, make a commitment. That's the very first step. And this is oftentimes expressed, the essence of this is captured by the use of two terms that are used in the Qur'an. 
The first term is what we call Islam. Now yes, the name of the religion is also Al-Islam. But the word Islam means literally to submit. And so the term that the Qur'an uses is Islam. The person humbling, submitting, and devoting themselves. Accepting the arrangement. And the second term that the Qur'an uses is Iman, which is faith, belief, and that's that illumination. Then you can, as they say, see the light. Then you understand what's going on. Then things start to make sense. And things start to delineate and differentiate. And now you have confidence that comes with being in that light and having that light inside of you. And now you know what to do. And this step-by-step process, how one comes before the other and the difference between the two, this is laid out very powerfully and beautifully within a verse of the Qur'an in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about an incident that occurred in the life of the Prophet In Surah Al-Hujurat, ayah number 14, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us there was a, a Bedouin tribe, right? And so the Bedouin folk, they were more, you know, uh, what we would consider the equivalent of like country folk, right? Like what we would refer to people that live out in the hills or in the mountains or the countryside, right? They were folks who lived out in the desert and lived in the mountains of the desert, right? So they were called the Arab, the Bedouins. So a group of the Bedouins, and specifically the narrations mentioned that they were from Banu Asad ibn Khuzayma. They came to Medina. This is the year before the passing of the Prophet ﷺ, during Amul Wufud, the year of the delegations, where almost every other day a delegation is arriving to meet with the Prophet ﷺ, to talk to the Prophet ﷺ, to inquire about Islam. And so they arrive, and these folks were not, you know, I know it's a simplistic term, even overly simplistic, but just to get the point across, they weren't quote-unquote bad people. These weren't hypocrites. These were not munafiqun. They were not here to make trouble. They were not here to stab anyone in the back. They were not here to betray anyone. But they were simple folk and they didn't quite really understand how this works. So they came to the Prophet ﷺ and they sat down with him and they said, Amanna, we have faith. We have iman. We are believers. We have the light. We see the light. And that was, to say the least, a bit presumptuous on their part. And so Allah revealed a verse of the Quran here, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, That these Bedouins, they come and they sit down with you and they say, we believe, we have believed. We have the light, we have the faith. Say to them, لَمْ تُؤْمِنُوا You do not yet have that light. You do not yet fully believe. You have not yet acquired that faith, that nur of iman. No, no, no. وَلَكِنْ قُولُوا Rather say, so this is because they were not problematic people, they were not troublesome people, they were not there to cause problems. Right? So they're being corrected, but then also being told what is the appropriate thing to do here. وَلَكِنْ قُولُوا But rather say, أَسْلَمْنَا 
We have submitted. We are sitting here open to having a conversation. We are willing to stop talking and start listening. We are willing to accept. We are willing to humble ourselves. We are here to say we don't have all the answers. We don't know everything. And we are here to be told and to be instructed and to be guided. And this is not to beat up on you. Allah is saying this is not to just, you know, you know uh, beat you down or humiliate you or embarrass you. No, no, no. This is the simple fact that that faith, that iman, that nur, that light has not yet entered into your hearts. That takes some work. وَإِن تُطِيعُوا اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ لَا يَلِتْكُمْ مِنْ أَعْمَالِكُمْ شَيْئًا Now, what you have to do now is submit, accept, and then commit, devote yourself to obeying Allah and His Messenger And if you do that, your deeds will not go to waste. You'll put in the work now. You'll start to stand up, Allahu Akbar. And you'll do your sujood, and you'll open the Qur'an, and you'll make dua, and you'll make dhikr, and you'll give charity, and you'll give sadaqah, and you'll treat people well, and you'll do good deeds. And that will cultivate that light within your heart. In Allah ghafurur rahim. And this is not to be held against you, because Allah is forgiving and merciful. But this is Allah instructing you, guiding you. And that's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us here in this ayah, فَمَنْ شَرَحَ اللَّهُ صَدْرَهُ لِلْإِسْلَامِ That Allah first opens a person's chest to submit, to sit, to accept, to make a commitment. فَهُوَ Then, subsequently, consequent, consequentially, a person then finds themselves upon that light from their Lord. Then that's where that illumination comes from. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that that person is, that person's situation is very different from the individual who, fawailun, that sad, pathetic, miserable, regrettable, is the situation of the person, لِلْقَاسِيَةِ قُلُوبُهُمْ مِنْ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ The heart of a person that has hardened, calcified, it has hardened, to the point where it's just not open to the remembrance of Allah. Where they just, they don't feel that light. They don't feel the, the nur. They don't, they're not able to grasp the benefit in the name of Allah, in the remembrance of Allah, in having a relationship with Allah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أُولَٰئِكَ فِي ضَلَالٍ مُبِينٍ These are the people that are really truly lost. There's a beautiful narration in the book of Tirmidhi from Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala anhu in which they say to the Prophet that when they heard this verse, they said, Ya Rasulullah, قَوْلُ اللَّهِ تَعَالَىٰ أَفَمَنْ شَرَحَ اللَّهُ صَدْرَهُ لِلْإِسْلَامِ فَهُوْ عَلَىٰ نُورٍ مِّن رَبِّهِ كَيْفَ إِنْ شَرَحَ صَدْرُهُ Right? What does that look like? How can a person start to identify that my heart is now opening to this truth? So the Prophet ﷺ said, إِذَا دَخْلَ النُّورُ الْقَلْبَ وَانْشَرَحَ وَانْفَتَحَ That the light begins to enter into your heart and things start to make sense, things start to open up to you. 
So they said, Qulna ya Rasulullah wa ma alamatu thalik. How will we know that that's happening? So the Prophet ﷺ said, Al-inabatu ila daril khulud. Wal-tajafi an daril ghurur. Wal-isti'adadu lil-mawti qabla nuzulihi. He said that you start to long for, you start to look forward to the life of the hereafter. Meaning that when you hear about the life after death, the life of the hereafter, the eternal life, you're not bothered by it. You're not frightened per se by it. But it's something that you, want, you see and understand the beauty of. tajafi عَنْ الْغُرُورِ And you have less and less interest in the long-term investment into the life of delusions, the life of this world, that is all temporary. And you practically start to prepare for your death before it comes to you. That your salah becomes important to you. Your sadaqah becomes important to you. The dhikr, dua, Qur'an becomes important to you. Because you understand, this is how I'm preparing for that eternal life of the hereafter, for this journey of the soul after death. In another narration, Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhuma, he says, Anna rajulan qala, Ya Rasulullah, ayyul mu'minina akyas. O Messenger of Allah, which of the believers is the brightest, the sharpest? And he said, Akhtharuhum lil mawti dhikra, wa ahsanuhum lahu isti'adada. That a person who remembers their death, and a person who prepares for the life after death by doing good. And as the light continues to enter into that person's heart, that person keeps on expanding their horizons spiritually in terms of the life of the hereafter. And the Prophet, uh, uh, the Prophet Abu Sa'id al Khudri radiallahu ta'ala anhu narrates. That the Prophet ﷺ said that Allah has said, That if you ever need something, of course obviously we turn to Allah, but on a practical level, on an everyday level, if you need some help from someone, call on the people who are very, who are humble, who are kind. They have kind souls, humble spirits. Look for such people. فَإِنِّي جَعَلْتُ فِيهِمْ رَحْمَتِي I have showered them with my mercy. وَلَا تَطْلُبُوهَا مِنَ الْقَاسِيَةِ قُلُوبُهُمْ And never really put too much stock in people that seem very harsh and bitter. Why? فَإِنِّي جَعَلْتُ فِيهِمْ سَخَطِي Because my wrath is upon them. Because this connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala creates that kind of humility and a kindness within a person's soul. Malik bin Dinar, rahimahullah, he used to say, مَا دُرِبَ عَبْدٌ بِعُقُوبَةٍ أَعْضَمُ مِنْ قَسْوَةِ الْقَلْبِ He said the worst fate that a human being can suffer is that the heart of the person becomes hardened. وَمَا غَضِبَ اللَّهُ عَلَىٰ قَوْمٍ إِلَّا نَزَعَ الرَّحْمَةَ مِنْ قُلُوبِهِمْ And when Allah is displeased with a group of people, that Allah removes mercy from their hearts. So, talking about this idea of someone whose chest opens to the truth, and then the light begins to enter 
and they start to believe and see things as they are. Right? The Islam and the Iman. And when that doesn't happen, Allah tells us people's hearts become hardened and they grow more and more distant from Allah to the point where they can't even stand listening to the name of Allah. And those people are truly lost. That's a very scary outlook. Now how do we ensure that we are in that first group of people? And God forbid, but if somebody finds themselves kind of sliding towards that second category, how can they recover? How can they recuperate? How can they ensure that they stop this downward you know, spiral? The very next ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about it. That the means to acquiring, to recovering, and coming back to a place where you are humble, and you are submitting, and you are open, and you are devoting yourself and dedicating yourself, and then that light begins to enter into your heart, and now you start to find your way, and you can come closer to Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, in the very next ayah, what is the means of that? In ayah 23, Allah says, Allahu nazzala ahsan al-hadith. Allah has revealed the most beautiful of discussions, the most beautiful of speech. And what is that? Kitaban. This book, the Quran. Mutashabihan. And this book, the Quran, it constantly comes back to Mathania. It keeps returning back to very important conversations. This is a feature of the Qur'an. It emphasizes what's important by coming back to those discussions over and over again. Seven places in the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about the story of Adam and Iblis. Seven different places. Because there are important lessons there. But, mutashabihan. They're not always the same. Allah gives us a nugget here and a gem here and a piece of wisdom there. Something different to chew on here, some, some different reflection there, some different wisdom here. And that's why it's important to constantly be in study of the Qur'an. And when you read the Qur'an, what will happen? That the people that fear their Lord, they understand the greatness of their Lord, they, they are trying to grasp the majesty and the magnificence of their Lord. You know, as the expression, their hair kind of stands on the back of their neck, right? That they, they shake and they shiver. They feel the power of what Allah is saying. But then what happens? But then as you continue to build the relationship with the Qur'an, with the book of Allah, then they calm down, they relax, and their hearts are softened to the remembrance of Allah. ذَلِكَ Allah. This is the guidance of Allah. Yahdi bihi man yasha. Allah guides whomsoever He wills. But if Allah misguides someone, then there's no one that can guide that person. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide us. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make the Quran our guide. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to soften our hearts for the Quran and for the remembrance of Allah. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us amongst those who submit and allow the light and the nur to enter into our hearts. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi, subhanakallahu bihamdik, nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta, nasaghfirka wa natubu ilayk. Jazakumullah khairan.